Greetings, and welcome to the Thirsty Mage, the podcast that doesn't need a Kickstarter to talk about extra RPGs. On this week's episode, we are looking at a title meant to wet the whistle of RPG fans, especially those who have a particular fondness for the Suikoden titles. Euden Chronicle Rising released on May 10, and we've got a hundred heroes worth of impressions. I'm your host, Jordan Rudek, and I've done enough city building over the last week to make me a certified civil engineer. With me this evening is an individual who wishes every RPG minigame involved a pub crawl. That's David Lloyd. Yes, I, I definitely would give any game an extra point if it had a, a pub pub inspired uh, location in it. And uh, ironically enough, the pub is where I gave up on the game that we'll be talking about tonight. <laughs> that is ironic. <laughs> um, it, it does. It, this game does have a tavern, but I don't. I don't know if tavern and pub. I don't know if that crosses off the same the same box there. No, it's. I guess it depends. Like, I there's a lot of commonality I think between the two, but yeah, tavern almost seems more um, meeting like less about the less about the drinks and more about the. Uh, I don't know. It seems more like a community center than a mm-hmm. than a place to drink. I guess that's that's kind of my thing. Like tavern is when you say tavern, I think of like um, dandelions. Uh, yes, I can't think yes. of the thing he owns, but it's like where it's where there's a you know a musical or something or there's a band playing or something like it seems more of a uh, you know relationship or a kind of a community thing to me yeah um i mean I th- I th- there's a bunch of taverns i guess in the witcher 3 um for me yeah i, I see tavern especially in rpgs it's the being the place where you go to get information right like mm-hmm. yes there might be people drinking or eating there and hanging out but it's mostly a place for conversation, I feel like. Maybe more so than a pub, which is dedicated to getting people getting people sloshed. But a tavern, yeah, more, at least in, in our realm, when we're talking about in-game taverns, does feel like the, the place where maybe something seedy is going down or a, you know, a secret conversation or yeah, people just setting things up, I guess. But yeah. Um, I, I thought we would, uh, before we get into the, the meat of the episode and talking more about Aiden Chronicle as a whole, including the Kickstarter project, uh, it, today when we're recording, uh, Wednesday, uh, May 11th, there was uh, an Indie World uh, uh, presentation, 20 minutes long this morning. Um, I thought we would start off with some impressions, you know, maybe games that caught our eye and just a, kind of an overall feeling about the uh, the Indie World as well. Um, David, you you watched the video. Um, what what did what's what games stood out to you? Um, what did you want to talk about a little bit here? Well, the I guess I would say that the game I'm most uh, excited for would be Wild Frost, and this is the uh, Chucklefish published. Uh, it's funny they it's it's like a deck building RPG, and mm-hmm. uh, in the press release that they sent out after the fact, they actually mentioned that if you're a fan of Slay the Spire, Spire you're going to like this game. I noticed that. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I'm I wasn't like, surprised okay, so, to see it on your list yeah. here. Yeah. So it was clearly like, okay, you guys are, you guys are out for me. Like yeah. you, you just, you invoke that. And I, you know, I, I'm going to pay attention. So it's smart because I, I think they see like Slay the Spire has had like a very uh, kind of dedicated audience, but also like just, just always seems to be coming up. I think, I guess they, did they do a lot of DLC or post-launch content for that game? Right. I don't even, maybe like I, I, I think the switch version we got maybe had some of that in there. So it, it didn't seem as DLC. Cause I think maybe even the third character was DLC, but to me it was just part of the base game of switch. So I'm, yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I, yeah, I just, it just, it, it seems to be kind of the go-to, like if you, if you want an example of a deck building, uh, you know, roguelike or whatever you want to call it, uh, example of like how to do it right. They always seem to go back to slay the spire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so smart of them to to evoke that, uh, if not in the trailer, certainly in the the press release to media. Um, yeah, I, I, I that game caught my eye as well. I was I was kind of watching with my son, and we were also getting ready to go. Uh, to, you know, to take them to my in laws uh, for the day, and then I was trying to get ready for work, so I was kind of in and out of the room watching the video. So I missed a little bit of Wild Frost, but as soon as I saw Chucklefish attached, and I saw like the visuals of the game. I'm like, okay, this is going to be cool. Um, I believe that's coming holiday of this year, or at least that's the the date range they gave us uh, yeah. during the video today. Yeah. Um, anything else catch your eye? Uh, mini motorways. It caught my eye visually because mm-hmm. it just I, like to see how kind of, it, it just seemed very well designed. Like yeah. I know there, I guess it's the sequel to like, there was like a Metro game or something. Yeah, I, mini Metro, I never actually right. paid that. Um, 
but it, it but just watching it it's like man this this looks like a game that's very suited for the switch like it, uh-huh. it it's got the graphics that look great on it uh, i can just imagine like i don't have an oled myself but i can just see like someone with an oled switch turning that on and like the colors will just pop off the screen and yeah. it, it looks very it, it looks like one of those games where you play it between like big titles like you, totally if you get, like yeah. a couple 40 hour rpgs and this this is kind of thing that you just kind of stick in between to kind of uh you know just to give you that break like a, just some something fun and easy to to get into absolutely one of those like pick up and play games for for shorter sessions um something that caught my eye in, in addition to just just the yeah like you, you mentioned the, the the colors and um just kind of the simplicity of it all like it seems really easy to get into uh, i noticed that they mentioned um daily challenges and weekly challenges and i, I always think those are cool things and especially in a game like this that's meant to be a little bit maybe lower lower stress or a little bit more kind of just easy to pop in and out um i, I like those kind of things that um, you, you mentioned a game like where you want it for a break between larger titles. It really lends itself well to that, uh, to being that when it's got like the, these challenges, you can pop in, do the challenge and then pop out. Like, I like that kind of stuff. So, um, I'm, I'm almost certainly going to pick this up. Uh, um, you're going to see was a shadow it, drop too. I think, it was like, a shadow it, drop. It, that's right. Yeah. yeah. One, one of four shadow drops, I believe. Um, and this, this one, uh, Soundfall looks pretty cool too. Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't uh, put that in my my list on the show notes here, but Soundfall was an interesting one. I, I'd actually I knew about that a little bit before because PR reached out to us about that game. Uh, so I do want to hear how Shadowfall turn. Um, uh, sorry, not Shadow. Soundfall, a rhythm game, uh, mm-hmm. turns out. But Mini Motorways is one I'm probably I'm probably going to pick up. Just going to see uh, how the reviews turn out. But yeah, and the the Oblots, I guess it kicked off with the Oblots, the kind of pokey Starvu Stardew Valley mashup. Mm-hmm. like that that looked good to me it, it's um kind of like a weird <laughs> that's kind of a weird vibe to it where it's like you it's almost like you're growing pokemon out of plants and then you seem to be doing like a lot of weird things i saw like dance numbers and uh, it looks like some kind of training or something and it, so it, that one looked pretty neat mm-hmm. yeah it seems like it's got a lot of little things going for it it does seem to be unique stand out I, I, I know i've heard of it before I guess this was their announcement that it's coming to Switch. I think it's been maybe in early access or uh, was maybe was announced a while ago. It's definitely not a, a new title, uh, but maybe new coming to Switch. Uh, I saw your tweet that, uh, you know, kind of attention page, like this is totally, <laughs> you know, a page type game. Uh, so maybe maybe I should be able to do an episode. Wait for uh, that to pop up. It's going to pop up. I'm going to get a notification any second now that the, it's been added to the calendar. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, th- those ones, those ones are cool for sure. Um, for me, uh, I think that the, the number one game that stood out to me the most was Gunbrella. Um, so Gunbrella is a, a Devolver title, you know, you know, so you know, it's going to be quality. Uh, but then I noticed that it's, I think it believes from the makers of Gato Roboto, um, at which I played at PAX and then, you know, ended up playing through the full game later. Uh, really liked that kind of a minimalist Metroid, uh, Metroid type title. Um, this one, you know, I love the kind of dark noir aesthetic. It uh, seems pretty cool. It's got, got like a detective vibe to it as well. You seem to be talking to people and figuring things out. But then your your main weapon is a, a gun that's also an umbrella. <laughs> you're like <laughs> sliding, you're sliding down like ropes with the umbrella part. Uh, but then you then you turn it into a gun, you're shooting people. So um, looks pretty cool. Uh, again, I know that Devolver, it kind of has a pedigree for working with teams and publishing games that like these that are just super fun and kind of bite-sized, you know, they're not 20, 30 hour games. Like they're, they're pretty quick three to five hour experiences that are really satisfying. So, uh, Gunbrella was the number one title for me. Um, and then the second one was Elekhead, I think it's called. Um, and this is a kind of puzzle platformer type game where you're some kind of like robot, little robot man, (laughs) It looks like you're <laughs> looks like you're in a machine or a factory or something. A lot of kind of blue and orange coloring um, with your your I guess you're you're conducting electricity. And so when you touch a wall or you touch a platform, it activates uh, and maybe or maybe activates ones like touching you and then adjacent to you as well. Um, and you use that to solve puzzles or to make platforms appear and things like that. Um, just just look really cool. Um, I think it's a one man dev as well. Uh, or One person dev. And I, uh, I saw I saw the fellow tweeting about it uh, today. So um, that's a game, you know, definitely on my radar. Like I, I like things like that. It looks just fun and simple, and 
um yeah i guess just two kind of games for me in the same vein of like they're they're smaller they're a little bit more platformer actionist uh, puzzle-ish i guess but um yeah this this was a you know, maybe you have the same impression david but overall i thought this was a not not a great indie world like it not no no big bangers here you know like some some good solid titles some interesting things but this didn't blow the doors off or anything no there was nothing nothing that really stood out like nothing that's like a system seller sort of you know type of game where it's yeah. it's more just you know a, a bunch of neat games but nothing i, I can't see too many people like if, if the if the switch had a wish list or something like i don't know if people would necessarily be running to to add too many of the games but mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. the same time i wouldn't say i would say that i still had enough interest in most of the games like there's been a couple indie worlds where i'm looking at it and i'm like i'm never gonna play this game like yeah, i have zero yeah. interest <laughs> but i did i didn't have as many of those in this so it's it's kind of a i don't know it's like not great but still decent yeah, you know, that's a kind of funny way to look at it. I think I'm the same. Like I, I might play, you know, 30 to 50 percent of these games. <laughs> and yeah. I, I, you can't say that's a bad a bad presentation, you know, when a lot of it seems to be good, at least at least good, maybe great. Uh, but there there was no like absolute must play, absolute must download, like add it to my calendar, my wish list. I have to have this as soon as it comes out. I wouldn't say there's really much like that, but, but, I'll, but I'll give them this. There wasn't really... I, I don't think it was really a presentation filled with updates of games. I think most of this was either new to switch or new entirely. And I think that's mm. pretty cool, you know, like that we didn't have updates on games, which sometimes we have indie worlds and they, you know, two or three of the announcements are just updates on things we've seen before. So it was cool to get a presentation this morning that was filled with new games and that will probably, you know, again, it's one of those where I'm sure everyone found something here they're interested in. Yeah, it's unfortunate now, though, that every indie world gets prefaced with. Was there a Silk Song update? I was going to I was going to say <laughs> I was thinking about that today. It's almost like the the fact that Silk Song is still not out is hurting these presentations because everyone yeah. is going in with totally unreal expectations. Right. Or or you 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 reflect reflecting on it, looking back at it, you're like, oh, would have been great if Silk Song was there. Uh, otherwise, that eh, was fine. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. It, it's well, uh, unfair yeah. expectations, I guess. Well, that's the thing is like everybody wants to hear about it. And then there's kind of like a minimum level of disappointment that's going to be directly related to these because Silksong isn't there. And it's like, well, that's not really Nintendo's fault. It's not. And it's not the fault of these devs it, like, showing off these new yeah. games today, right? Like they, they yeah. have nothing to do with that. So like I, I almost wish like Silksong would just come out already, not just because I want to play it and because a lot of people want to play it. <laughs> yeah. But because it's taking away some of the, the you know the clout or the excitement maybe yeah. from some of these presentations. Stuck in the air out of the room. Yeah. Every yeah. every direct. Well, even like regular Nintendo directs were at the point where people are like, "Where's Silk Song? This, this yeah. direct was awful. There's no Silk Song." I was like, I mean, they've oh. almost had that with Breath of the Wild too. Like, you know, oh, because you haven't shown Breath of the Wild too. Like, oh, this direct was a dud. You know, and I'm yeah. like, oh, but there's so many good things here. Like, how can you say that? But and I think yeah. it's the same thing here. Like, so many good titles, but um, yeah, there's no, there's no sports story. There's no Silk Song. There's no like big, huge, massive, but you must play title. So, but you know, yeah, I think overall fine. You know, not 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 the best, not the worst. You know, very very in the middle, uh, and and that's fine. Like, because there's still a lot of good games that come out of this, and um four shadow drops like that's it seems to become the norm you know like it may, may it might have been like one or two in the past but now it always seems to be a handful uh that we get at the end of every show yeah it's got to be good for those like it, it's great for the the dev if they can do a, a shadow drop because mm-hmm. you've got all these eyes on the on the director the indie world and so if, if you're like and it's available now you know people are going to be running Especially a game like Mini Motorways. Like Mini Motorways is it basically a sequel to Mini Metro. So you already know you you already know it or know of it. So you could look up a review of Mini Metro and be like, oh, okay, it's like that. Uh, So you've got that going for it. And then the fact that it's just this perfect like impulse purchase type of game because you know you look at it and you know what it is. There's no need to explain. You really don't need reviews, you know, unless you really care about performance and you you worry that that could be an issue. But Mm -hmm. um, you you know, you kind of you see what you see is what you get with a game like that. So a lot of people are just going to pick it up sight unseen. 
Um, but yeah, that, that's the so just some impressions of the indie world. Uh, you know, let us know on Twitter uh, what you guys thought about it at you know at the Thirsty Mage. Is there, was there a game that stood out to you that you're looking forward to? Let us know. Um, next up, we want to talk about the Aiden Chronicle Hundred Heroes Kickstarter. So this isn't the game that we kind of focus the episode on, uh, Aiden Chronicle Rising, but this is kind of the the basis of it, or where I guess where everything came from was this Kickstarter. So uh, uh, one thing we know about it uh, in 2020, it was the number one funded video game Kickstarter of that year. Uh, it had 46,307 backers. I, I imagine that number has probably gone up since because I think they do um, a lot of you can do funding, I think, through Kickstarter or through like a, a subsidiary or an adjacent program. Uh, kind of you can you can fund it after the fact. Right. Um 500,000 was the initial goal that they were asking for, but the project or the uh, the Kickstarter earned over $4.5 million. So obviously, wow. you know, they, they saw a ton of demand there, a ton of interest. Uh, Yoshitaki Murayama, uh, the director, producer, creator of Suikoden 1 and 2, uh, he's kind of the, the central figure of this, of this Kickstarter. Um, David, is this a Kickstarter that you backed or do you remember seeing it when it came out? Do you remember like the hype or the buzz around it? I remember seeing it. I'd have to actually look to see if I'm on it because I, I feel like this might've been one of those ones where it came out and then I missed it. And, and so I was just like, ah, whatever, I'll just buy it when it comes out. But I definitely remember like if I I might've signed up for it. I can't, I can't recall a hundred percent. I've got like five or six that I've just forgotten. You got to stop throwing your money around at all these crowdfunding (laughs) things. You you got to wait till, you got to wait till one comes out and then give money to the next one. They're all, they always delay. Like every single one I've put money into has been delayed. So I, I, my strategy is to forget that they, I gave them money so that when I get my game, it's just like a delightful surprise. That's right. Yeah, I I've got one funded right now. I can't even remember the name. It's it's a it's like a, a Pokemon farming action game. I don't even know. Like <laughs> I think it's something like it's it's not called Fantasy Life, but it's something like Fantasy Life, but with Pokemon elements. Um, I, I don't I don't know what it is. I, I don't know when it's coming exactly. I think they're getting close. Uh, we'll see. It might come this year. Uh, <laughs> I'll look at Stars is the only one I, I I remember for certain that I put money into. Yeah, and, and that's and, mostly because they emailed me today. <laughs> yeah, it's also because you know that game looks incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and like I think a lot of people we know uh, ended up putting money uh, into that one for sure. Yeah. Um, God, it, it's really. Did you put me. money I, into this one? No, I, into into this one, Aiden. Yeah. No, uh, I didn't. Um, I I remember I I remember when this came out when they announced it in the thirty day, and I was kind of following their progress, like seeing how far they were going to get. Um, and you know, obviously being kind of very surprised that there were uh, uh, $4.5 million to earn at the end is very, very impressive. They basically hit all of the, I think they hit almost all the stretch goals that they had set oh, out yeah, eventually. Every single one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so obviously the game's going to get a, a bunch of content. My concern when they hit all those stretch goals is kind of like with something like Bloodstained. Um, are you going to be beholden to this to this Kickstarter project forever? You know, like what, kind of like what happened with Shovel Knight, right? Where Shovel Knight mm-hmm. had all these big stretch goals, and they ended up making these separate um, these separate games, basically with all the different uh, knights. Like, are you now stuck in this uh, vortex? I suppose of always having to keep making more content for the how game. Many so hopefully, years too. Like, how many years exactly. has Shovel Knight been working on that? that on um, the treasure trove game like yeah yeah it was it was a long time it might have even been 10 years eight, eight to ten years something like that hopefully yeah. that's not the case here but uh yeah i i didn't i didn't back it um again just me not having a lot of success with backing stuff and just the, the way it takes so long um yeah. the game i did back uh just i looked up the title here re re legend uh re i think it's just literally just called re that sounds familiar Re legend. It's got re colon and legend. Yeah, um, you probably saw it. I, I, I mean, it, it obviously hit his goals, and it seems to be close to coming out. But um, at any rate, yeah, Yaden Chronicle or Hundred Heroes that Kickstarter pretty successful. Um, I wanted to pull up something that uh, Murayama said. Uh, I just thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, it's it, this was from his latest update uh, at the end of April. Uh, so he says, uh, and I quote, Aiden Chronicle Rising was an idea born from a Kickstarter stretch goal meeting. So this is him talking about rising now. Um, Aiden Chronicle 100 Heroes began as a project thanks to the support of our backers through Kickstarter. It differs from your typical game development in that the wait between the title's announcement and eventual release is much longer. 
longer still because it's an RPG which can take years to develop. And so the creation of a companion game was proposed as an idea that would fill that gap. So this is me now. Uh, so Aiden Chronicle is that companion game to make the wait for 100 heroes a little bit longer. Um, Aiden Chronicle Rising, I should say, is the companion game. Uh, so that's the one that Dave and I have played. I reviewed that. You can check out my review on NWR. Uh, we'll go through that uh, a little bit more after uh, after finishing this. Uh, so back to uh, Moriyama here. The development team members expressed concern at first. We knew that Bloodstained Curse of the Moon was released as a companion game <clears throat> Excuse me, to Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. They were both action games, albeit with different directions. We simply couldn't imagine how a game that would complement Aiden Chronicles' command-style or turn-based-style RPG could be made on a limited budget. Not to mention the companion game would need to be developed separately from the core Aiden Chronicle title, 100 Heroes, which left us with the problem of finding a company we could commission to make it. Natsume Atari was one of the many candidate companies we looked at, I personally trusted them as a company and their plan to create an action RPG fit within the companion game's requirements of having a limited budget and still being fun with a fewer number of characters. Uh, there's only three playable characters in Aiden Chronicle Rising. Uh, in our meeting with Natsume Atari, we learned that we shared the same values about what makes an RPG enjoyable, such as the fun of building out your characters and the joy of completing smaller, less intense sub-goals. They also made sure to note that many of the people who will be playing Aiden Chronicle Rising are people who are looking forward to playing a command-based RPG. RPGs and action RPGs are different genres, born from different purposes and goals they aim to achieve, but I believe that at their roots, they offer the same kind of fun. I hope you enjoy Aiden Chronicle Rising. So I thought that that kind of note or this, this message, this post from Muriyama would be kind of an interesting way to get into the discussion of Rising, kind of just seeing where it came from, that, you know, obviously it's not the main team that's working on this, that, that those guys are still very hard at work on 100 Heroes. Um, but yeah, David, so you've you played Aiden Chronicle Rising through uh, Game Pass, uh, which is nice, you know, a day one mm -hmm. Game Pass game for you. Um, what are you thinking about it so far? How, how, how much have you, how much have you played? Where are you in the game? Uh, obviously we'll, we'll avoid spoilers. Uh, uh, but yeah, this is how, how are things going so far? Uh, well, uh, I'll start with saying, I'm glad I didn't have to shell out money for the game <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I, I draw, I dropped off after a couple hours. Like it was, I don't know. It, it's, it feels too much like Natsumi Atari. It's, it's difficult to figure out what's going on with this company because they are part of Natsume, which has been around since like the NES era. And they have like hundreds of games to their name. Natsume Atari kind of, I guess it's still technically part of Natsume, the main company, but the Natsume Atari is kind of like this independent company that develops their own games. They're, from what I can tell, they, they're pretty much just doing licensed mobile games. So it, it kind of makes sense based on what we got here because this this feels like a mobile game that was made mm -hmm. for consoles. Um I don't know, like it's the problem I have with with this game is that I, I can see where they're going with that kind of attitude of trying to make some like an action RPG that kind of gives you, you know, this this little bit of feeling of character development and, and kind of just a simple RPG mechanics and whatnot. And it, it looks nice. Like, I think the strength of this game is definitely whoever did the artwork <laughs> for the backgrounds because mm -hmm. it has a very 2D HD-esque aesthetic to it. Like, there's there's this beautiful background. It seems like there's three layers. There's, like, one layer, and then there's, like, this background layer where it kind of you, you can see off in the distance, so you kind of see, like, valley. or When you're in the main town, you see, like, these valleys of forest behind it, and then... And then there's like the, the town itself looks pretty neat. And then there's like a, some, a little foreground or whatever. And it looks terrific. But then you see the sprites. And when you first look at the sprites, you're like, well, it's not, you know, look like any sprites. But then when they start moving, it immediately looks like default Unreal 5 puppet movement. <laughs> like the, the, the movement doesn't feel natural. It's the, um, it, it's funny. I watched the, the trailer for 100 Heroes. And then I went back and played, you know, Rising a little bit. And one of the things that stood out to me right away was in Rising, the carrot, the sprites do that thing where they're when they're not standing. It, they there's this kind of mimicking breathing, but their whole yeah. body is bouncing. Yeah. And it's like, what the hell, man? 
like the, that's like my whole body doesn't bounce up and down while I breathe. Like, and, and then the but then when you look at hundred heroes, because I was I was kind of concerned. I'm like, I hope hope hundred heroes doesn't look this terrible. Um, but I went back to there and like, no, like they they it looks terrific. Like hundred heroes looks looks like a what you would get from you know the Square Enix to ADHD where you have like the beautiful backgrounds and it looks wonderful and this and the sprites look incredible and they yeah. they they have a natural walk. You know, they're standing still when they're standing still. There's not this like weird bouncing. You know what it reminds me of, 100 Heroes? It reminds me of, um, what I know we haven't seen a ton of it, but the uh, HD 2D Dragon Quest three remake that's happening. Because um, yeah. you get that uh, kind of isometric, or um, kind of, I guess it's kind of a little bit isometric. It's not, you're not kind of behind the character's backs. It's at an angle, right? In the combat, yep. they're changing that. And then I, I know we haven't seen too much of, you know, walking through the villages in Dragon Quest three. But it, yeah, it, it just that it looked like a, almost an evolution or just an adjustment to the HD 2D games that we've already seen with Hundred Heroes. I, I I really welcome that that art style. I think it's going to be great. Unfortunately, it does seem like we only really get the background of it with Rising. Um, so yeah. you're getting the background, but you're not getting the you know really nice HD 2D sprites that you want. Well, and then the combat is just awful. Mm. Like it's basically you just walk up and you know there's slash jump and. Uh, and then this like special maneuver where with the main character it's just like this little mini turbo that never really seems to like there's there's a few er enemies early on where it's like well you can use the thing to kind of dash behind them and it's like it it doesn't work great like i dash and then i get hit like the hit detection is is awful and Mm -hmm. uh and yeah it's just i don't know like the especially the I think like the first six quests are just redonkulous easy. Like it's basically, yeah. it's like, okay, go find some wood. So there's like, you, you first step into the forest and you're just walking from left to right. And there's like, there's enemies where you just hit them once and keep walking. And then there's enemies you hit twice. And then maybe you have to use, you have to walk backwards if they get a chance to hit you. But otherwise it's basically kill three enemies, pick up the log, head back to the village. Yeah. It's like, okay, great, we got this log. Go get some stone now. Okay, back out, kill three enemies, pick up the stone, walk back to the village. Like, and it just keeps doing that and doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's like I was just like, I'm done. <laughs> I built I built the tavern, I built the inn, and I, that was it for me. And the truth is it doesn't really change. Like I, I obviously finished the game through uh to the end credits, and it, it, a lot of the quests ends up being they end up being things like that. The town expands. Uh, more people uh, end up joining the village as well. Uh, I'll give some background on, on the story of the game in a second. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of the quests are just of the simple fetch quest-like nature. You know, you go here, pick up this thing, bring it back. Or some of them are even worse. Like you literally just go to a person in town. They say, I want a sandwich. You go to the tavern, you get a sandwich, and you bring it back to them. Like that. that that's how kind of low the bar is for some of these um and the funny thing is like you it's sometimes hard to distinguish between what's a side quest and what's a main quest because it could be the same thing it could be oh i'm hungry before i let you go into the quarry uh where your next part of the mission is i want you to go bring me some food like it'll it'll be simple things like that and it's when you can't distinguish between like the main story uh we, we, and it, you know and there are there's like 30 main story quests in this game um and, and that should tell you maybe all you need to know about an eight to 10 hour game. There's 30 main story quests are not all of them are going to be, you know, fighting a boss at the end. I think there's only five or six bosses in total. Um, but anyway, let, let's do a little bit of background of the game for, for people who haven't played it or haven't seen it. Um, so Aiden Chronicle Rising begins with this character, CJ. CJ is a scavenger slash treasure hunter type. Um, she has left her home village uh, kind of on a, on a, on a quest or a journey of discovery type of thing. Um, her goal is to enter like this, uh, the rune barrow, the rune barrow is a, a mine, a labyrinth, a set of caverns, things like that, where there's supposed to be lots of treasure. Uh, her goal is to bring a treasure home that is bigger than the treasure of her father. And that this is some thing that's been passed down from generation to generation, her and her family that, you know, the, I guess the kids are kicked out and they're supposed to bring something back to, um, you know be bigger more impressive more worthwhile or valuable than right the previous member in the family right um so cj she makes her way to this town of new nevea uh new nevea is uh, i guess you'd call it like a mining town there's lots of adventurers there's people that live there too uh and so the adventurers are coming and those are the people that are kind of 
making the town bigger. So as you complete requests for the people in town or for the mayor, uh, the, the town starts to grow and grow and more adventurers come. And I guess you, you end up being part of this really bustling city. Um, it's nice that you can kind of fast travel between different parts of the city because you have to do that pretty often for the fetch quest kind of things. Um, eventually you get two other characters, uh, Guru, who I only like near the end of the game realized like he's a, he's a kangaroo. <laughs> so that's where Guru <laughs> comes from, really. right? Guru, <laughs> the kangaroo. I, I totally didn't get that. Uh, so I guess there are beast men and, and women in these games. Uh, you, you see, uh, Guru, who's a kangaroo, but there's also kind of uh, lions or tiger type people that show up eventually too. The uh, magic so guess, pouch didn't give it away for you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I did. I did, didn't click in. Yeah, he's got. A, he wears a magic pouch that looks like a. It looks like a, a fanny pack, <laughs> and yeah. and he he pulls. I guess the magic they can hold anything, and so he pulls like this giant Buster like sword bust, yeah, looking weapon out of it. Right yeah. as soon as he pulled it, I'm like, oh, that that's cloud sword. Yeah. Um. He, he's terrible to use david <laughs> as i talked to I david like, oh, i dropped that character we both dropped him pretty fast he's yeah. just he's very slow he so david mentioned cj's abilities uh she's a lot faster to attack uh, he doesn't Guru, walk right he he hops and he's it's got a so hop irritating. yeah yeah, it's yeah. but so but no it's keeping in with his character david is a kangaroo he's uh. gonna do that um he he swings a big sword and you need him to take out the shields of certain enemies so you'll encounter enemies in like in the cavern or in the field and they've got a shield in front of them so you need guru to come in with his big sword to chop down their shield um his special move is to parry enemy attacks so he can he can just block them uh so if an enemy swings a sword at him if you press the parry just before that you'll block it um so the the special moves that they have are more like defensive or evasive Really, every character has a single attacking move. Um, yeah. One of the thing that does happen with the two characters and then eventually your third one, um, you can do a chain attack. So if you start attacking with CJ and you press, so the, all the attacks are mapped to one button. So CJ is Y. If you press Y, at least on Switch, uh, that brings her in. Uh, if you press X, Guru comes in. And so if you're attacking with CJ and then you press X to bring in Guru, you can do a chain attack. And you can do that up to three or four times, I guess, as you level up or progress in the game. The chain attacks are cool. Uh, some of the animations are really neat. They, they change a little bit. Um, and you can do a little bit more damage with the chain attacks for sure. Um, but yeah, the, the, like Dave said, there's not much to the combat. It's pretty, pretty simple. Um, and I get that action RPG combat can be simple, but at least, you know, give us some other moves to use, some some magic spells, some special abilities to unlock. There's nothing like that. It's your basic attack. You're using all the way through to the final boss. Um, you do get a third character who is the mayor of the city. Uh, this isn't a spoiler. She's all over the marketing. Um, and she's a mage and she has a few, there's a way to make some of her attacks uh, elemental based, depending on items you equip. But uh, yeah, that's really the only kind of combat variety you get is the third character having uh, some different magical attacks. But yeah, the combat's just not not a ton of fun. Um, David, what uh, where uh, I'm trying to think. You said you played a couple hours, and I'm trying to think where that got me to because I, I found I, my finished playtime was around eight hours, eight, 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 maybe nine hours, but it felt like so much longer to me. Like, where did you? <laughs> you said you built a couple of things in the city. Where in the main story did you get to? Uh, I think I got to the tenth quest or something like that. So okay. I, I. Uh, went through the forest. I think there was like three sections of the forest, and then there's a boss at the end. Yeah, and and the boss was so like ridiculously easy. Yeah, um, like the, the attacks are telegraphed. There's literally an indicator that pops up with an arrow. It says weak, and there's yes. an arrow, and it's pointing. And it's like hit this stupid, hit this. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, okay, just in like... case you didn't figure out, that's the thing you're supposed <laughs> yeah. to hit. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. okay, I get it. Like, I'll hit it, and it's funny too because like, it gives you so it's like here, there's these like uh, lights that come out. So it's like here's where the tree's gonna attack you, and I'm like, okay, so I won't stand there, and yeah. and, and there's like a good two seconds of like timing of where I could you know have a coffee and and you know have a have a smoke and a drink and. Mm -hmm still still miss those those attacks and then yeah. yeah this like tongue worm thing comes out of the tree and it's like here hit this hit this and so you walk up and you can slash it like five times and then it'll it'll start to glow because it's about to do it's like this little lightning ball attack which again is like all you do is walk away a little bit and jump over it and nothing like it does that till it dies like that mm -hmm. it just keeps recycling that that attack 
Um, so I was like, okay, whatever. So then the so then I went back to town and I was getting more stamps. And then the uh, the quarry unlocked, like where the actual treasure is or whatever. Like they they give you um, the the license or the the registration to actually go in yeah, there. Yeah, the explorer's license. You get that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so I went down there and I went through that a couple times, and uh, it gets to the point where you need to um, you need to you have to have Guru added to your party because he has the sword that breaks the rocks that are in the way. That's right. Yeah, and, and that's so I did so I did that, and then that's when I was like, all right, like I've played a couple characters now. Uh, like I didn't like Guru. Like the the movement was irritating because he did this like very slow hop like it wasn't like a walk it was like these like hop 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 and then big slash and i'm like ah i'm out out." (laughs) yeah his jump is really annoying too because you can i think you can hold the button down to make him jump higher but it's super slow and so like it's not all that useful especially if you're fighting a boss um i was trying to use him uh yeah later in the game it's just it just kind of too just too cumbersome um cj eventually can upgrade her dash so she can do it in midair and at that point, you, I mean, she just goes so much faster than the other two characters. It would just be silly to to leave the other two on. Um, yeah. So, uh, as you said, the tree boss, yeah, pretty easy. With the funny thing, hilarious thing about the tree boss is there are a couple of bosses that every time you go to that area, they respawn. The tree boss is one of them. <laughs> so every time you need to walk past the tree boss to go to the next area after him or it, uh, you have to fight it again. And it, 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 it's it's not that it takes a long time or that it's it's annoying or anything. It's just like, why? Like you, you beat him once, like it, it kind of cheapens the boss fight even more than it, it already is by making you fight it again for like a meager amount of experience and whatever basic item uh, that it drops for you. You know, it just seems just seems like a weird, a weird choice. And I think the game is kind of filled with a lot of odd choices in terms of pacing, in terms of uh, when when the action parts start and end. Um, I, I just found a lot of moments in the game where I'm, I'm getting started in the main quest or I just about to complete one. And I feel like, OK, we're, 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 we're making headway. We're going deeper into the room barrel. We're about to solve some mysteries. And then we have to go back to town again. And you just keep <laughs> going back to this town and you spend so much time in it. And the, the the game doesn't let itself breathe. You know, it doesn't let the the world outside the town breathe. And I get it. There's not a ton of areas. It is supposed to be a more compact game, but it just feels so padded out with the town building simulation elements. Um and I I mentioned in my at the end of my review, like, you know, games like Ease 8 where the town building is not the main part of the game. It it is you're going to keep coming back to it, but you 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 get a lot of meat on the bone before you do that. You're not constantly being sent back to town for tedious errors, just to, or errands, I should say, just to talk to people or bring someone a sandwich, you know, like maybe early on in the game, you do that. But then there's this 30 hour adventure on top of that, where you're going, you know, on top of mountains and fighting, you know, dragons and dinosaurs and all kinds of things over the island. Um, it just does a, it's just a lot more elegant way of incorporating town building. Even something like Xenoblade Chronicles, like the town building is absolutely not a main part of that game. You can do it if you want to but it still felt more engaging um, just because I, I didn't have to keep going back to the town to check on things and to check on people. Like it's, it's there. If you want it, go at your own pace as opposed to being really uh, overly much a focus of, of Aiden Chronicle rising. Um, so yeah, just, just to kind of caution people about the game, like they, I think the combat's lacking. I think that the town building is far too heavy. I, I, I guess if you're really, really into town building type games, you can get into it. And and, and we've talked to some people, and I, I know there are people that like this game better than you and I do, David, because the Metacritic score on Switch is a 60, which is, uh, you know, that that's the score. I, I gave it a 6 out of 10. But the Metacritic score on Xbox and PS5 is like high 70s. So there are obviously people that really enjoyed this game. So it might be that, not that we're in the minority, because I think there are, people that share our feelings too but maybe that it's just a divisive game and maybe you do have to kind of play it or read or see a little bit more to know if it's the type of game for you but it is one that uh, didn't really work for us no like i i just you know with a lot of games you can always kind of hang your hat on one thing it's like well they do this one thing good or they do you know this thing or this reason to play it and i just can't think of any reason to play it because it's like you said like there's town building but there's so many different town building games that are way better and uh, and then with the combat being so so bad like i, I would never 
recommend it as any any reason for an action RPG fan to play because the combat is just so basic. It's like if you're if you're going for game, a game to play on Game Pass that that you you're looking at combat, get Deed Light. Like, yeah, it's way better. Yeah, yeah. I, I I mean, there are a couple of interesting things about this game that are worth noting for sure. Um, your your saved data. I guess if you complete the game, you can carry that data over to Hundred Heroes. So when Aiden Chronicle 100 Heroes does launch, which is aiming for next year, um, you know, with a Kickstarter, it could very easily see it slipping to 2024. But when that game does come out, you'll be able to bring over some save data. My understanding is that it is um, not just cosmetics. I think you get in-game items as well. Um, I think some you, you in Aiden Chronicle Rising, you have an opportunity to name some weapons uh, that you upgrade. And I think those names would carry over. So that's kind of a neat thing too, that you, you could kind of customize something in rising and bring it over to hundred heroes. So I mean, th- that's a, that's a reason to play this game. If you are super excited about hundred heroes and you want to meet some of the characters first and just see a little bit of the world, what's going on. I um, mean, learn some of the backstory and then bring some content over to the new game. I, and don't get me wrong. I, I love doing that. Um, the funny thing is, we don't know if this game is coming to Switch. Uh, they, they've said in the Kickstarter somewhere that um, if it doesn't come to Switch, the unlockable content from playing Rising or uh, having Rising on your console will be will go carry forward to whatever the next Nintendo console is that that gets Hundred Heroes. So, I, I read that two ways. I read that as yeah, and David, you you said as much that you're not necessarily expecting the game to come to Switch, but also that the game might not come out next year and they might just wait until, um, you know, maybe whatever the next Nintendo platform is uh, to, to put the game, put hundred heroes on there. Um, I really expect games like this to sell so well on switch that it almost makes sense to just make sure it gets on a Nintendo <laughs> platform at some point. Right. Like that does seem really important. Um, so it was funny to see rising come to all the platforms, but hundred heroes is not guaranteed to come to uh, everything uh, such as switch. No, it's it's it was just the industry talk we were getting from uh, the director. Like, cause well, on the Kickstarter itself, the wording says um, coming to PC is the minimum goal. Stretch goals are to add additional platforms, including yep. PlayStation Four, PlayStation Five, Xbox One, Series X, and Nintendo's next generation hardware. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, and the Switch was out, <laughs> so That's they're right. the, yeah, they're not talking about the Switch, right? Yeah, yeah, they're talking about the 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 whatever Switch Two is going to be like. And uh, so I I went into the there's an update section in the Kickstarter, and I found a section from again from the director who was talking about um, that comment on the next generation yeah, hardware, right. and and yeah, he was saying that. They're working on, like, they want to put it on Switch. They're yeah, this is recent, right? Work. This is a recent yeah. update where he said this. Yeah, and he's and it, and it did not sound promising. <laughs> it sounded like it's like we're trying, but we can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not sounding great, but maybe yeah. they'll find a way. Like, maybe they have to bring in uh, someone from like a, an outside firm or an outside, maybe someone who's done ports before. And, and we've seen the impossible port, port right? We've seen things yeah. like Witcher 3 and Doom. Like we've seen games that, oh, there's no way that should run a Switch. And they figure it out. So that, that yeah, maybe they do bring in some help. I could see that. Um, I don't know. It, I don't know if Kickstarter, if they have enough money or budget to do that, considering they're launching it on so many platforms. Well, they're spreading they themselves pretty thin. Now, though. Like, that's true. So, that's true. Like, and that's always the funny thing to me is that it's... They, I, I don't the rules with Kickstarter are so weird because it's like, OK, so the, they, they got four and a half million dollars and, and they funded it through Kickstarter. But then they're allowed to go out and get a publisher <laughs> and it's like, OK, so I, I'm assuming as long as the publisher, uh, you know, adheres to what they've promised, they, they mm. can they can now kind of do what they want or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it, it's almost funds like funds or whatever, you know, add additional content, but it still exactly. seems a little weird to me because it's like, well, you know, that, it's almost like much... the Kickstarter is just that is that proof of concept, right? It, it's the yeah. thing that makes can make you attractive to potential publishers. And I guess that's what happens. Is it, is it 505? <laughs> right. uh, yeah. Or yeah, it's yeah. 505. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, they, they've been around for a while. They've done they've done some stuff for sure. Um. I to, just not to play devil's advocate, but to throw another possibility in. What if there was a Switch Pro that launched in 2023? 
if theoretically this 100 heroes could come to not switch to but if there's a a mid-generation upgrade you could see them maybe finding a way to get it on there instead right maybe and maybe that's what he's implying by saying next generation hardware it's not he doesn't know if that's you know the next console generation entirely but whatever the next big switch step is yeah well it'd be interesting to see like i it makes you wonder when, because I I have I don't think they have any idea of what Nintendo's plans are. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. I wouldn't look into that in any any sense. Like I think it would be more aspirational or, sure. or just kind of hopeful of like, well maybe you know something will come out soon. It, it's kind of funny timing because we just had a thing today about uh, kind of a uh, I don't know there was a there was a thing from Nintendo where they were talking about how they were kind of working around this whole idea of. You know, we don't want to lose. They recognize that the transition from the Wii to the Wii U era did not go well. Right, exactly. <laughs> and and they, they're looking, they're very, you know, focused on making sure that when they do bring out that next generation thing, whatever it might be, that they want to bring the 100 million people they got right now along yeah. with it. So it was kind of funny timing that, that it's coming up now where it's like, okay, there's talk again about this Switch 2 or Switch Pro or whatever. And now you got like devs like this who are kind of like hoping that something comes out so mm-hmm. it'll be easier for them to port their games to it. Yeah. What, what's funny, I guess, so I guess it was the president of Nintendo who was asked, you know, are you have plans to, you know, release a new Switch hardware this year or something like that? And, and I guess in the past he had said no. And in this year, he or this when this question was asked this time, he said something like, not he didn't say no basically i, I don't know yeah. exactly i don't i don't want to butcher the pair paraphrase it incorrectly but he didn't say no and so yeah so there's been people reading the tea leaves a little bit there you know whether that's possible here or not i don't know um and yeah i i, I don't know I, I i think it it does feel like uh or what i was thinking you mentioned the wii u i was gonna say like the wii u was backwards compatibility with the wii or backwards compatible with the wii but that wasn't enough, right? So no. I'm thinking, I was thinking, oh, the Switch Two or the next Switch has to be backwards compatible with Switch. But that's not enough. It 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 should be, and I absolutely believe that it will be. Um, but I think that there's something more has to happen there. It has to be an accessible console like the Switch is. It needs to have that, you know, Nintendo charm that is also easy to explain to people. You know, like the Wii U, you could not explain that to a to a layman, right? Like you couldn't show yeah. that to someone and be like, this is how it works. It, to get to get anything fun to have it on that console was just so cumbersome rather than like the switch or the Wii is super easy to just say, pick up a controller, pick up a Joy-Con, put this in your dock, take it on the go. It's the the, the explanation of what the what makes the console special was easy with Wii U. It was not not in the slightest. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny with the Steam Deck coming out. I feel like it's a terrific opportunity for Nintendo to have a case study to look at and say, OK, you know, every, everyone's talking about Switch Pro and, and what it needs to have. And then you can look at Steam and the Steam Deck and say, OK, well, they're doing a lot of the things that people wanted to the Switch Pro to have. Yeah. And now you can sit there and go, OK, well, what's the Steam Deck's weaknesses? Because there's going to be you, you'd be able to look at that and say, OK, well, they did this. They did these things what that people wanted. But what were the trade offs? What were mm-hmm. the problems? And it kind of works out well for Nintendo because to me, there's a few things that you can look at. Like, I don't own a Steam Deck yet. I don't think I'm going to buy one just based on some of the things that they seem to be talking about. Like, yeah, battery life uh, is, is a huge concern that I have because a lot of the stuff that I've read is that, you know, when you lock in 60 FPS, which is something that I'd want to do. Um, and if you have even kind of mid-level graphics, like you're basically reserving yourself to about an hour or maybe mm-hmm. up to two hours of battery life, which is pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> really. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not great. Um, so there's something to look at there. I also think it's funny that because the Wii U was like this, this, like you were saying, it's this massive change. Like, you know, you have the Wii, which was already kind of different than everything else in the market with the, yeah. the remote and everything. And then sure. the Wii U was this even more unique. And with the Switch, like, they don't have to reinvent the wheel to a certain extent. Like, they've kind of, I think a lot of the success of the Switch has just been that they've, like, there's a there's an appetite for mobile like not mobile mobile but yeah. on the go play like you, you want to play your video games wherever you are and i think the switch has fulfilled that 
but now we're getting so far behind the current gens that you know the switch having the third party uh support i think is what's making it so successful yeah and especially indies right like we spoke about the indie presentation at the top of the episode like we we can't discount the impact that indie gaming has had on switch like that and that that is because of the switch being less powerful than other platforms it makes it such a good home for indies that don't necessarily need all the hardware power they they just their their simplicity their accessibility their approachability all of the all of those things work well with what Nintendo's doing here you know Nintendo has always been the masters of portable games uh, portable hardware right like from the Game Boy uh, the you know the incredible success of the DS the 3DS had a rocky start but it ended up doing you know fairly fairly well by the end um they've always been really good at that and it wasn't you know there was that big gap between you know the Nintendo and Super Nintendo that sold well and then it was just down from there like N64 GameCube did pretty poorly and then the Wii was almost kind of an enigma in terms of um in terms of uh, home gaming, right? Like, and Wii U back to that downward trajectory. So they've really struck lightning in the bottle of the Switch, and it'd be, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to go away from what makes the Switch so so effective as a as, as a console. Um, I want to touch on um, the Hundred Heroes Kickstarter a little bit before we wrap up here. Um, so we we talked about the Kickstarter, you know, some of the you know the milestones that it hit, um, it coming out in twenty twenty, doing so well. Um, other, what expectations do you have for this game, David? Like, when, when do you think it's going to come out? Um, where where do you think you might play it? Um, are you going to get really into it? Is there anything you want to do before you play it? Stuff like that? Uh, well, you know what's funny is that when the Kickstarter came out, the one thing I do remember doing was buying Suikoden 1 and 2. Yes, yeah, of course. <laughs> because I, remember I was that. like, oh, I'll play these before this game comes out. Because at the time, I think it was like going to be a couple of years. Um, haven't played them yet, but it, it's funny. I'm actually hoping with the PlayStation, like that new premium, whatever thing that's coming yes, out in June, yes, July. Right. I'm kind of hoping that it will allow us to use, play those games that, that are stuck on our Vita and PSP or PS3 and kind of let us play it on the, the PlayStation five. That's kind of yeah. my, my yeah. hope. Uh, I'm sure I'll be disappointed, but I'll still hope. Um, so yeah, I'd like to play so we get in one and two before. Um, I mean, it looks terrific. The, the, the visuals are very, I think they're very unique yeah uh, like you, we had mentioned earlier you said like it has that 2d HD look and then the there's a video on Steam like the the trailer and there's like a, this boss fight with this big octopus mm-hmm. and I think it's a very neat perspective like yeah you it said, looks it's awesome. kind of kind of above you know above and looking down and yeah uh, it kind of gives that really neat perspective uh it kind of makes the 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 battle feel very 3d like instead of it's like you know you know, enemy on the left and, and party on the right, you kind of have the party, you know, in the foreground and the enemy in the background and, and all the attacks kind of have these, I, I, I enjoy when there's kind of like cinematic quality to the, to like the bigger attacks, which sure. seem to have in this game. Um, so it's looking good. I mean, they say the right things when it comes to story, there's always going to be the concern of it's like, well, if you have a hundred characters, are they all going to be, properly developed uh i guess that's that's the biggest concern is is how are they handling those those hundred characters like Mm -hmm. is it going to be one of these things where you know you can play you may play a game the game and i may play the game and we may have completely different experiences yeah like that would be neat because that would we need to have that kind of replayability uh or is it just going to be like you know we have the same experience but maybe with a different skin of character you know mm-hmm. like oh well, i had this person why well, this person it's like well they're basically the same character they just had different names like I'm, I'm hoping it's not that shallow yeah i i mean i i've been looking at the trailer a little bit uh today too um the, the, because re- one of the recent ones from from last year um and i i can't believe how gorgeous the combat looks like i think it, it's super impressive when we haven't really seen anything like that from a turn-based rpg you know where yeah. the characters are so animated and just flying flying across the screen and doing these huge attacks like that fight against the octopus you mentioned that looks really cool it look i don't know if this is just the trailer and they're just going to hyping it up or something but it looked like characters are almost in the background like the background of like a mountain or something and, and shooting <laughs> yeah. an arrow like it, it looks awesome yeah. like I, I i hope that 
it can live up to some of the stuff they're showing here. Because I, I, I think the t- in-town stuff looks fine, but I think where it's really going to excel is when they're in these dungeons that remind me a lot of Octopath Traveler, um, which is the kind of uh, particle or lighting effects that are happening. And the, the water in this game looks in- unbelievable. You know, it, the water looks great in Triangle Strategy, and it re- it's reminding me a little bit of that. Just it just so vibrant, just seems so lifelike. Um, but yeah, with this kind of HD 2D style, but yeah, the combat is, is got me, you know, that that's definitely whet my appetite for this game. Like I, I'm super looking forward to it, whether it's going to be playable on, on switch or whatever switch version there is. Uh, but I'll, I'll play it. I'll play it somewhere for sure. Um, I, I, I guess, you know, you, we mentioned the hundred characters and, uh, coming off playing Chrono Cross, it's kind of funny. Um, I, I remember during the Chrono Cross episode, I talked about like how I like collecting the characters, you know, it's kind of like Pokemon. And I, I always end up giving that up at some point, unlike in Pokemon where I try to see it through. And I, I do <laughs> kind of see that as my way of completing a Pokemon game. Um, in Chrono Cross, I gave it up just cause I, I got to a point where I, I, I'd already put a lot of hours in the game and I kind of wanted just to see the story through. I was much more interested in the story conclusion than I was in finding all of the characters. And this always happens to me when I miss a few characters or I miss a few things in a game. I kind of just put that challenge to the side, you know, or I decide like, okay, I'm not, I'm just not going to pursue the platinum trophy or whatever achievement would be related to this. I'm just going to give it up and just finish the game and get on to the next game. But yeah, 100 Heroes looks, it looks really good. I I think there's just so much promise with this game. We, We know it has that. Uh, the pedigree attached to uh, the devs that are making it with the, you know, the RPGs that they've worked on. Um, it, it does seem really like they're gearing this towards fans of the Suikoden series. So um, to, yeah, you know, to your point about getting the first two games when this Kickstarter got, uh, got funded or announced um, I've played the first Suikoden. Uh I was fine. I don't, I didn't love it. I was kind of playing it more with a guide because I wanted to get all the characters uh, I think something happens if you have all the characters and then you carry your save data over to Suikoden 2. Um, I think there's something like that. Apparently, Suikoden 2 is the much, much better game. Um, and so I am I'm I definitely will play that with you. If we can play that before this game comes out, I think that'd be awesome. We'll, we'll do an episode on it for sure. Uh, but that's my plan as well. Yeah, I, I'm sure one of the people or, or one of the companies that's most happy about this uh, Kickstarter was Konami. Yeah, sure. Probably uh, cashed in on a bunch of people scrambling, especially when the because it was kind of the perfect storm of it's like, okay, well, there's going to be people who want to replace Weekend in one and two. And all of a sudden the platforms, the only platforms you can get these games are going or, Mm -hmm. you know, Sony announced that they're getting rid of. So I know that was part of my thing. It's like, well, if I ever want to play these games, I'm going to have to buy them now. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So I'm there's no way I'm alone. Like, I'm sure lots of people pick those up uh, when they had the opportunity so and you know i I don't know if konami has the foresight to or to 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 be this you know um smart about it but yeah maybe they would recognize that there's a a big kickstarter coming out next year relate you know that's very much a successor to the games that they worked on so yeah you like you said maybe the playstation plus premium hey sony reaches out to konami or vice versa and they get a deal to get all the suikoden games on the service uh at some point before 100 heroes comes out that would that'd be pretty cool too you know what would be a real dirty move would be is uh, 100 heroes releases and they can't go on switch right away yeah for whatever reason yeah yeah and konami's like hey you want to you don't you can't play 100 heroes on your switch Uh, we'll port uh, suikoden one and two to I think I think Square has the market cornered on porting obscure games to the Switch. <laughs> Konami would really uh would really be making a bold move if they tried to do the same thing. Okay, can you know what Konami do? They'd they'd make a collection because that's what they're all about. They're all about yeah, making collections sweet, of the games. Sweet they sweet in collection. Do, hey, come on. You'd buy this if there if a sweetening collection came out, you'd yeah. buy it. We get in uh, artwork for your switch. Oh, but please don't. Yeah, that, that that's the pre-order bonus for the sweet <laughs> yeah, collection. Right. Some sweet and NFTs. NFTs. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, oh, I I hate to end the episode on that, but the alternative <laughs> is ending the episode on uh, bringing up Aiden Chronicle Rising again. Um, oh. I, I'll I'll just say you know my final thought about the game. I I do think there is some enjoyment to be had for certain people. Um, and and we know that uh, just from the critical reception being mixed. Um. I, for me, my money's worth. I don't think there's enough variety of the gameplay. And I think the town building is just way too much. Um, and I, I liked some of the later game things where the story becomes more fleshed out. Um, the final boss fight's pretty fun uh, and very, very challenging compared to anything that comes before it, which is weird. 
because you get so many rewards from all the things you do in town. You get experience from every side quest you complete. You get items, things open up, more possibilities to improve your characters. But really, you don't need much of that to overcome the challenges of 95% of the game. So it's a very weird kind of clash there of, uh, of ideas, I guess. Um, I, w- I would just say that uh, if you have Game Pass, that is where you should play this game. Yeah, yeah. And again, this is this is Game Pass continuing to show its value with, with longer games or even games that, you know, eight to 10 hours isn't super long, but if you can play an hour or two and decide like this is enough for me, that's still you're still getting a lot of good value out of Game Pass from that, right? You're trying out games that um, just don't hit for you, and yeah, God, every time Game we Pass talk about Game Pass, like for indie, for indie, yeah. Game Pass has been my indie machine for it's like you know I'll play a forty hour RPG on my PlayStation Five, yeah, and then I'll need to take an eight to ten hour break. I go play an indie game on Game Pass, and then I'd play another forty hour RPG go back for another indie indie game pass game yeah, like it's, yeah. it's terrific for that it's the best and i i'm i'm getting closer and closer to just buying one early uh to play starfield like i i'm almost certainly gonna play starfield the only thing that would delay me maybe if the game gets delayed i, I probably wouldn't get an xbox this year but i continue to say this but i'm gonna get an xbox at some point i'm almost thinking about getting an s actually just because i i don't think it's gonna be my main console and if it's just to play game pass games uh, and then Starfield, some of the some of the bigger ones a little bit, uh, but mostly Game Pass. Like maybe just getting an S is fine. Like I've already got the PS5 for big third party stuff, right? So my only concern is that Starfield might look incredible in 4K. Uh, yeah, I know. You're telling me, man. Like that 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 that's my holdup here. That's my holdup <laughs> yeah. is that Star Starfield's going to be awesome, and everyone's going to be praising the visuals and just how yeah. how good it looks on a Series X. And, it's and then not that much more. Like I I think it's like 150 or 200 dollars more. Yeah, yeah. You're right. So it, you're right. That was kind of because I was I was the same thing. I actually when when they came out, I was like, I'm just going to get an S because it's not going to be like PlayStation Five is clearly what it's my number one console yes, yes but then yeah i'm looking at the price and i'm like yeah for you know it feels like one of those things where it's like a couple of years from now i'm gonna yeah. be like why did i care about 200 bucks like i should have just got the series x yeah and, yeah, and the other too. concern is that there might be games that can't play on s mm-hmm. like what, what happens if like how crazy would it be if starfield comes out and they're like sorry everyone with an s uh, starfield only works on series x oh they would riot the fan base <laughs> would riot <laughs> but you never know like it could be one of those cyberpunk issues where it's like you can technically play it yeah, on the yeah. S, like but... if it were sony or nintendo maybe i just phil spencer i can't see him do that he's too much like he's too connected to the fan base you know the yeah. xbox fans like he, he's, he's he's like one of the one of the guys you know one of the gang and if he, if he betrayed people like that after making the game console exclusive like oh my gosh yeah. it'd well, be super console exclusive it'd be only available on the x microsoft has no goodwill to burn yeah, that's <laughs> like, right. Exactly. You know, one mistake could be their last. I, feel I mean, like, it's so. also like their only big name game coming out. If it, unless you know, other than I guess Forza, I think there's another Forza game coming out. But it's that yeah. and Starfield, right? So they can't they can't miss with this one. They cannot miss. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that'll take us to the end of this episode. So you know, we wanted to highlight it in Chronicle Rising, which you know didn't live up to our our expectations. You know, not 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 something we were super fans of, but cool to think about. You know, what's coming next with the Hundred Heroes Kickstarter, uh, and you know, reminding ourselves that we still want to get into, into the Suikoden games at some point, the first and the second one, uh, and you know, hopefully cover those in an episode soon. Uh, fun to you know uh, go over the indie world as well. Uh, a lot of cool games shown there. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to pick up Mini Motorways today. Like I, I just I want to have that chill game for when like I, I bring my Switch to work and you know I, my office hours aren't busy and I don't have any marketing to do. I'm like ah, just play Mini Motors for 30 minutes, see if anyone shows up. So mm-hmm. um, I think I might pick it, might pick that up tonight. Um, David, anything uh, you got cooking right now? Any any bigger games you're playing or reviews or anything like that? No, just kind of still kicking the tires a little bit on Elden Ring. I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, ah, I don't know if I if I'm going to have the time or energy to get to the end. Yeah. So I'm like, do I kind of cut and run at this point? And maybe come back to it later. Or uh, I know we have, um, you know, some some episodes coming up. I want to pick up Judgment and get into that because I know you're. I think you're working on it now. Or I am. I'm on. I'm about half. I think I'm a little over halfway. I think there's 13 chapters. I just started seven today. 
Yeah, so and I saw that it was on sale at uh, in physical copy actually at GameStop. Oh, perfect, so, nice, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Might be a good pickup. I was kind of hoping it was on Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, I know, reason. I know. Yakuza is all on Game Pass, and so mm-hmm. I, for some reason, convinced myself it was on. So I, I wasn't looking really into them, uh, thinking I would just load it there, and then realizing, oh, I gotta actually find this game now. It's not there. That's right. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I'll, I'll share, I'll save impressions for that for that game later. But yeah, so we'll, we'll, we will do an episode soon on on Judgment, uh, or as it's called in Japan, and the name I prefer, Judge Eyes. Uh, and that title makes a lot of sense when you start playing the game, actually. Uh, but yeah, Judgment we'll talk about soon. That's from Studio RGG, the the Yakuza fellas. Um, we have an episode next week that Paige is hosting on um, Pokemon-like games. I think is that, is that that's the yeah, premise Poke of the title. Likes. <laughs> uh, likes, yeah, I like I, I like that. I poke like that. Um, so what I'm bringing, dra- uh, so it was going to be Dragon Warrior Monsters, but I'm actually playing the second game, Dragon Warrior Monsters 2, oh, okay, uh, which yeah. has two versions, uh, I guess a girl version and a guy version or a boy version. Uh, so I'm playing the, the boy one, Kobe. Uh, what game are you planning to bring to the table next week, David? I was, uh, I was working on Slime Rancher, right? Like I yes. know there's a, there's a Slime Rancher 2, but slime, the first Slime Rancher is on Game Pass. So, oh, sweet. Uh, loaded that up and started playing and it's, it's, it's pretty cute. Yeah, you better be careful. We're gonna have to change the name of this podcast again to something related to Game Pass or Microsoft or <laughs> M M with a dollar sign Mage. He's <laughs> getting Mage with yeah. a dollar sign. It's gonna be something like that, you know. Uh, but uh, it's good. Yeah. So next week, uh, Page will be hosting. That'll be fun. Looking forward to that. Um, I'm actually playing Dragon Warrior Monsters Two finally on my analog pocket. So I'll save impressions of the pocket for next week as well. Um, spoiler, I am loving that little device. Uh, so <laughs> finally opened it. <laughs> I, I, I saw the receipt. I, yeah. And I, I've got it in this hard case. I keep it in a hard case, like it's a museum piece or something. Um, <laughs> I found my receipt for the, for the analog pocket. I gave them money in August, 2020, and I didn't open it <laughs> until May of 2022. Mm. So that was kind of wild that, uh, not like only they, what's that? Does it feel like it's free? Oh yeah, I, I I guess I don't know. Like not after I look at that receipt. Somebody else bought it. Not Somebody else bought it a long time ago. Oh yeah, not the, the I paid a lot of money for that thing, so it's finally yeah. getting some use. I'm happy about that. But yeah, more to come on that next week. Uh, so I think we'll call it a night here. Uh, so thanks everybody for joining us. Um, you can find me on Twitter at riskman64. Uh, David is David. Uh, sorry at the thirsty mage or david you have you have a different you have your other one your yeah i have a personal, personal one. one too it's at yeah. filtered gamer that's right yeah i forgot about that uh yeah so but that's all for us so thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next week for pages poke likes episode bye for now bye.